Welcome to Draft Deeper on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. Thank you so much for not only tuning in, tuning back in with us. We took a little bit of time away from the space after the NBA draft to relax, refresh, but Maxwell Baumbach and I are back in the saddle, full throttle, because Maxwell, it's summer league time. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is this is truly one of my favorite times of the year, apart from obviously the NBA draft itself. But when we get to watch summer league, we get to not only get an, a look at the rookies who are coming into the league, but also some sophomores who have taken some time either in the NBA or in the G League, have developed their games, have worked on things. Now they get to show how they're going to proceed and, and improve in year two, right? We get to see some guys coming back in to summer league spots for a possible chance of working their way back into the NBA. There's just a nice mix of talent that you get to see in, in the summer league pool that we don't always think about. Like we always want to think about the high draft pick rookies, but there is some good basketball to be found and played in the summer league, even if sometimes it's a little bit sloppy because guys are getting to know each other for the first time or develop new chemistry. But I myself enjoy summer league. What's your takeaway on summer league, Max? Yeah, I love summer league. I am just like in basketball heaven right now. Like draft <laughs> season never ends. We've got summer league. So we're getting the guys from this draft. We're getting the guys from last draft. Like that you mentioned, we're kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like a lot of guys that, you know, if they don't play in your home market or if they're playing in the G league, unless you're, you know, watching ignite tape, you're probably not spending a lot of time seeing these guys. And like, it's just so fun to be like, oh man, Julian Champagny. Like, it's just so fun right? to just like see guys pop up and be like, oh wow, all right. Like real progress being made there. So it's it's a blast. Uh, I'm I'm fired up. I'm excited to talk about it. There's a lot that we kind of get to dig in here uh, with. So let's, yeah. Are we, are, do you want to start with the guys that we've seen so far or where do you, where do you want to go with this thing? Yeah. So we're recording this on the last night of the Utah summer league. So in reality, we get to talk about a few nights that have already happened. And then what Maxwell and I want to do is we want to break out our favorite summer league teams that are going to be in the Vegas league, the Vegas competition. So yeah, we can absolutely start with some standout summer league performances. Maxwell, you alluded to one guy who I know you were excited to, to see and talk about, someone who breaks my heart in Julian Champagny because our 76ers basically just gave him away for a box of cookies. So the, the, that happened with a few other guys. Isaiah Joe we can talk about as well. But Julian Champagny is a name who's playing in this summer league who certainly you can discuss. But who are some of the guys that have stood out to you already so far in the first few days? Yeah, so I want to lead off giving some love to some Spurs returners, if that's okay, okay with you. So I want to start fun. off with, um, so we obviously we've got Champagne in that mix, but I the guys I really want to talk about are Malachi Branham because okay. he he's showing that like three level scoring again. Like he was unbelievable at the rim at Ohio State as a freshman, and it just seemed like one of those things where. The jumper, the volume wasn't super high, but the percentages were really good. And the shot always met the eye test. He got it off so quickly. He was always ready to launch. He wasn't passing up open shots. That he was just a guy I really believed in as a three-level scorer. And I thought he had some real playmaking upside. And then he seemed go off for 32 against Lakers the other day. And it's like, there it is. That's what I want to see. And like, as we talk about them building around Victor Wembanyama going forward, like having somebody with not only his size that you can like sort of play at a guard spot, but just like his physical mass, like his general frame, like not just his height. Um, He's got some real toughness to him. Like I, I absolutely adore him. And then Dom Barlow was the other one. 
So I was I was excited to talk about Don Barlow because I got some yeah. thoughts. You're going first. Yeah. So I, I I know a lot of people talk about like feel and awareness and things like that, but like the phrase I've been using a lot lately is just like knowing what the hell is going on. And like Don Barlow really knows what the hell is going on yeah. on a basketball court. Like he knows where to be. He's really seeing some stuff as a passer. But even in that game where he's like one for six, you're like, this kid's a pro. Um, I just love how he's reading the game. It seems like everything's really slowed down for him. Uh, and it's a guy who's six foot nine, really can defend, can move the ball and can knock down the occasional jump shot. Like that could be a playoff dude. It's oh, it was an like, occasional the other like, night. It was not an occasional. Well, yeah, he had the hot game. He had the one for six game too. So I'm I'm pumping the brakes a little bit, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a big buyer in in Don Barlow stock at this point. So a few things stood out to me around Don Barlow, and and for those who aren't aware, Don Barlow was an undrafted free agent out of the 2022 draft. He came from the overtime elite program, signed a two way deal with the San Antonio Spurs. Spent a lot of time down in Austin last year. And essentially got extended a qualifying offer to, to be able to come back to the Spurs on, I believe he signed or he's going to sign a guaranteed contract. If I'm correct, maybe mm-hmm. it's a qualifying offer right now. I, th- I thought he was getting some guaranteed money. Nonetheless, it's safe to say he's going to be back in San Antonio next season. But when you evaluate Barlow, first of all, the size is very much so apparent and he was not, to, he didn't stand out to me as like the biggest guy at overtime elite, but boy, as he started to fill out well. He's listed at six foot nine, 221 pounds. It would not shock me if he's actually six foot 10, Maxwell. Like he looks big out there. Mm-hmm. We understand that he's long, but he's really started to add some muscle and some pounds onto that frame compared to where he once was. And he came into that overtime elite program with talent but he didn't come in with a lot of high level basketball experience. That was something like I talked to Jacob Polachek about who did a lot of covering for, for the overtime elite program the last few years. And we talked about that on the draft deeper podcast. And that's why he pointed out Don Barlow as one of the guys, keep an eye on him. Like if he is able to crack somewhere in the G league, get a chance on a two way contract, you get him in the door to develop his game. He has the physical tools. He has some budding feel, which is a lot of what you alluded to. But to me, the, the touch, the touch the other night was really starting to come out. And I, I will I will throw out two, two misnomers, right? So number one, it's a summer league game. We're very much so aware. Number two, he was playing against the Charlotte Hornets summer league team, which on that particular night, although I can argue the first few games, that team has been an absolute tire fire, as someone could have possibly predicted. But nevertheless, in that game against Charlotte, 24 points, on 10 of 13 shooting, 10 rebounds, two blocks. I'm going to throw something out, Maxwell. I know this is like a scorching hot summer league take that is obviously going to need some legitimate time to marinate as he grows and plays real NBA basketball. But in that game, boy, he looked like a young Nikola Vucevic out there. Like that's the type of player that he reminds interesting. That that Mm -hmm. soft touch from the mid-range, that ability to, to make some things happen in the post his consistent rebounding he's like a more like looked like a more mobile Vucevic out there Vucevic for the modern day like if if you like took Vucevic and you're like what could make him more adaptable to the modern environment and like he could move a little bit more right defend yeah which makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. because he's 40 pounds less than, than Vucevic mm-hmm. so of course he's going to be a little bit more agile but that helps him significantly on the defensive end like Max we could watch him on that end of the floor in that game 
he was switching on to a whole bunch of different matchups. He wasn't just bound to guarding in the post or a deep drop. Like he is very much so a mobile big man. And the fact that he is so aware of what's going on in the court, as you pointed out, then you throw in the touch. He shot 72% from the line in his limited NBA action last year. And then in the G League, I believe he shot just under 32% from three-point range. So I think the shot is going to come around for him. But regardless of where the three-point shot's at, it's clear he does have some mid-range touch and he's becoming much more comfortable from that spot on the floor. If he continues to develop that post repertoire, which I think he will do, he can act as a role man. He can get those easy finishes. He can rebound in the offensive glass. I, I was screaming on our San Antonio Spurs podcast for two things for them to add to this team around Wembenyama. One was obviously a, a point guard or, or somehow address that guard spot. But the other was to bring in another veteran big man behind Zach, you know, Zach, like Collins, maybe that's Charles Bassey takes a leap forward. But if you don't want to rely on someone like a Charles Bassey, Dom Barlow may actually be the answer to that. Like we need a third mm-hmm. big man on this roster, someone who maybe in the long term can even play next to Wembenyama. Oh, maybe totally. if, if yeah. shooting touch comes around, you can play Wembenyama, you can play Barlow, you can play Sohan. Maybe Sohan becomes like your de facto three who gets more ball handling duties depending on who the That's point guard nasty. is and, and, and yeah. if some of those other two guards can shoot. Like, but then then you bring you brought up Branham, right? So Branham, I call them out of coming out of the draft, the spot up king. And and that was literally what was on display last night. It wasn't just getting downhill, it wasn't just some of the mid-range flashes, it wasn't just the pick and roll play, but the fact that he can relocate, he knows where to be off the ball, and he's one of the better catch and shoot guys we had coming out of that draft. And now certainly showing that in the NBA. I think San Antonio is going to have enough firepower one way or another to be able to lean into some of those funky lineups. And when you just think about Victor Wembanyama's size at seven foot five, Don Barlow being the the six nine six ten guy that he is, Jeremy Sohan going to continue to fill out, but obviously how unique of a defensive presence he is. As long as you're getting the right spacing from the guard spots, you can do a lot of unique things with this team defensively, and that's why I'm so excited to keep watching these guys in the summer. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, and just real quick on the Don Barlow tip, like I think it's one of those things where like if you are a front office, like this is the guy that it pays to be aggressive with yeah. when it comes to a two-way contract. Like this is the guy that you need to be like all over the agent. Like, hey, if he's undrafted, he's coming here. If he's undrafted, we want to bring him in. We want to bring him in. We want to bring him in because like, and look, like I always hate like making these comparisons because it, it feels bad to be like, this guy stinks. And like, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> but I look, I like, I look at the Chicago bulls, like hometown team. And like, they have a two way roster spot that they've been using on Carly Jones the last couple of years. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it is, is <laughs> that the, not much more to say other, other than, yeah, well, like, he's in, got the spot in any world is like the best version of Carly Jones, a guy that you can play in a playoff game. Absolute Probably best not. case scenario. Probably no. not. So, so like, if you're going to use a two-way roster spot, like, I understand being, like, maybe we can get a guy who's steady and solid and whatever, but, like, if a guy with Dom Barlow's raw tools in production, and I know, I, I understand, like, at the time, people were a little leery of overtime elite. It was, like, the first year, and we weren't sure. But, like, he was he was 48 on my board last year just because, like, how many guys are there that are that big that move that well and can, like, maybe shoot and produce well in the league that they played in? Like, obviously, he was not going to contribute right away. But I right. thought that this was a guy that it's like at a certain point you just you just take. He was also and undrafted, and I think that's you thing, and I had like, the same line of thinking around that. Yeah, yeah. I, 
and I know that there's like politics and like guys not wanting to go undrafted on purpose or whatever, but it's like, if you see a guy like this and you know, he's going undrafted, like teams, you've got to hop on a guy like that. Like, I don't know. I see some of the guys that have gotten to a roster spots this year too, where it's just like, I don't see a way where this player is ever truly conducive to winning. And I know that it can be tempting to just get guys that are plug and play, but at the same time, it's like, you got to be a little bit more ambitious with these. And, and I think Don Barlow is like just a big W for the San Antonio Spurs to, to make the decision to go after that kind of talent, get it in their gym and, and be patient with them. I agree 1000%. I know I, I threw out the, you know, the shades of the, the reminiscent of a young Nikola Vucevic. And obviously that's an extremely high bar for a player like him to reach. And I'm not making that direct comparison, but even if those flashes exist, it doesn't pan out in full, but you can see some of the skills in place. That player with his physical tools is probably like at worst, like a top 10, top 11 rotation guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like definitely by next year could potentially even be at some point this year. And if that's the case, again, he was an undrafted free, free agent. Like the, to your point, those are the types of players you need to take chances on if you're a smart organization and kudos to the San Antonio Spurs. I know for a fact, listen, the Spurs may not have had the cleanest draft track record over the last like five or six years, probably not as clean as we'd like it to be, but they have scouts everywhere, man. Like they yeah. quite literally have scouts in every single gym. Like I still remember the first year I went to Portsmouth back in like 2016, 2017, before NBA scouts were there in like groups of fives or sixes or sevens, the Spurs had the most scouts there. Like they had, I believe, believe they had one seat amongst a lot of the other scouts and executives that were there. And then along one of the sidelines, they had like a whole group of like five seats. Like they had a heavy scouting presence there. And guess who came out of that Portsmouth? Derek White. Derek White. And, yep. and Derek White worked out to, to great success. So that's just that's just well, one story of how they have scouts everywhere, and they're they're mm -hmm. going to find guys like this. Well, that's the thing is even if they don't have like you're saying like the cleanest tracker, it's like we still got still got Devin Vassell. Yep. You still got your Keldon Johnson out there. You still got, you know, Malachi Branham and Don Barlow in the last draft. Blake Wesley it, has, has Blake had Wesley his moments. Blake Wesley could be a guy maybe. Uh, but like, there you go. Like it, it just takes a few. You just got to get the ball rolling. They more than have it rolling now that they have Victor Romanyama. I, I, yeah, very impressed with their summer league team and just love what they're doing from a team building and organizational standpoint and the guys that they're going after. Yeah. And then you mentioned Champagne and that's, that's like player per, let's like pro oh, personnel, G league personnel yeah. scouting one-on-one. Like just, let's just take swings on guys who can shoot the, the hell out of the ball at six foot seven, six foot six, right. And Champagne for, for his credit, he's doing all the little things correctly on the floor. He's playing, he's positioning himself perfectly away from the ball. He's always ready to catch and shoot. He can attack a closeout. He's crashing the offensive glass and he's doing his best at defending multiple positions and certainly contributing value rebounding on the defensive end, very similar to his brother, Justin. He's that's the, I think that's the thing that stuck out to me watching Julian so far, like in this summer league, as well as even some of the, the G league stuff from last year, mm -hmm. he's playing more like Justin and, I went into I went into approaching the evaluation of those two coming out higher on Justin because I actually okay. liked I liked more of the role player stuff that he brought to the table. I get that Julian was an awesome shooter at St. John's, but I didn't see a lot of the other little things coming together for him in terms of I'm going to be this gritty role player. I'm going to serve my purpose every single minute that I'm on the floor outside of just being a spot up guy. He's starting to show more of that, and I think he gets it. And I think that's what's going yeah. to separate him as a role player. 
It's funny that you mentioned that because like I I did it I did our Julian piece last year and it was like called Julian Penny and the power of the jump shot and the whole thing was like <laughs> well I don't really like this but he's got a nice jump shot like it just right. kept coming back to like he can really shoot the ball but that's the thing is if you have size and you can really shoot the ball it does give you a lot more runway than it gives a lot of other people because that's just like an easy way to get on an NBA floor. It should be big and be able to shoot. Yep. And when you can do those things, you get opportunities, you get minutes, you get a chance to kind of refine the rest of your game and, and put things into practice. And that's, that's what happened for him after a, a good season in the G league. And you look where he is now and yeah, he, he, he could be off to the races next season. Potentially we'll see. Who else stood out to you in, in some of these early summer leagues? Um, Any other names you want to Yeah, so I, I just did uh, Lakers Spurs today. So Colin Castleton is oh another boy. one where it's just like, I don't know. Again, I know there's there's agent shenanigans or whatever. Look at how many guys are taking two ways in the second round. And it's like, sure, you wouldn't rather just had Colin Castleton? Get, getting a little too cute with it. Passing on a guy that you just know is an NBA player. Uh, he's looked phenomenal. Just the fee, again, the feel is very high knows where to be on defense, such a great competitor, um, can put the ball in the basket a little bit and get to the line and just doing, doing everything you expect Colin Castleton to do. Dude, dude, the Los Angeles Lakers have like very quietly been one of the best scouting staffs over the last oh, like five years. I don't years. even think like, it's quiet anymore. Yeah, they, so, they've been nailing it. Well, it, even like you look at Cole Swider. Cole Swider was Cole making, Swider another making great shots. Game. Big rebounds can shoot like that. They're just stockpiling guys that are, are useful in any context. So so their their quote unquote blanket miss was going to be Talon Horton Tucker. And now you've kind of seen Talon Horton Tucker reinvent himself a little bit in Utah to where like he's all of a sudden become a legitimate player. Maybe LA just thought too much of him too soon and he needed to just go somewhere a little bit off the radar to, to further figure out how he needs to fit in into the NBA puzzle. But He's become a player. Max Christie has really looked good in these two games. He has not just been a shot maker. He has been a legitimate one-on-one type shot maker in some of these games, you know, playing out of the pick and roll or getting guys on an island, figuring out how to take shots off the bounce. Like when you watch Max Christie last NBA regular season, he was exclusively a spot up and transition guy. But Going to the G League, and this is something I do want to keep monitoring moving forward. I've shared some thoughts about this on social media the last few days, but in the G League, he got opportunities to run pick and roll. He got some isolation opportunities in his belt. And you can just see when you give these guys the the freedom to be able to create and do more in the G League and you start breeding that confidence, it can start to carry over into some of these other settings to where now you get him rolling in summer league he may very well be ready during the NBA regular season to start doing some more on the floor than just consistently sitting in the corner or maybe like coming off of a screen. And that that's exactly what the type of growth that you want to see from these guys as they move from year one to year two. It, it is incredibly fair to not have the highest expectations for rookies coming into the NBA, but if you develop them correctly and you give them the right opportunities within the right context and other areas of playing, not just in the NBA, but in a space like the G league, for example, that's the type of growth and confidence you want to see coming into year two. And then when they hit the runway, you know, at the right time in the right place, man, can they absolutely take off a Max Christie, uh, Max Hall. I don't, again, I don't know how closely you were paying attention to him. Oh, but yeah, he, yeah. he, he looks like someone who's ready to take off in, in the best way. For sure. And I, I, I'd like to see him continue to kind of get a little bit bigger too. It's like my other concern sure. with him is just like that, the size issue on the wing. Um, but while you were talking, I, I did some digging. Cause I was like, I feel like even at Michigan state, he didn't run very much pick and roll. And like, that's the thing is like, 
he he ran more pick and roll possessions in the G League than he did at Michigan State. It was like 22% of his offense versus 12%. Yep. And a lot of times, like we're starting to see the conundrum of like, should this guy come out for the draft and spend a year in the G League? And eh, it's kind of tenuous. Teams might move on too quickly. But if you can get in the right spot, like Max Christie did, where like he had a team that was patient with him and just said, like, we're just gonna let you go out there and do your thing it can really pay off. And now there is a Trevor Keels for every Max Christie, right? Like there yep. are guys that end up in a situation where a team just says, Hey, we got to do something with this roster spot. Sorry, you're out of here. Um, but yeah, I, I think for Max Christie, the G league experiment was well worth it. Like it, it, it put him in a position to work on the things that he needed to work on to become a more developed and polished wing score. And that's what he's becoming. What were your thoughts? I don't know how much you were able to see of the Keegan Murray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Explosion, yeah. but like I listen. I know that he was on the very short list of guys in these first two summer leagues, where you know him, J Dub. You know they're too good for summer league. You know that they're they're out there. They're just getting some run. They're just trying to to get loose, stay loose. And we're going to expect more from them in their sophomore years. But there's nothing that we need to see in summer league to say, hey, they might be ready for a legitimate sophomore breakout. Except mm-hmm. you see Keegan Murray. Last night, well, for, in his first game, 29 points on 8 of 17 shooting. But then his second game, 41 points on 11 of 20 shooting. And it wasn't just him, you know, shooting off the move or knocking down open spot-up shots. Keegan was creating off the bounce in ways that we didn't even see him create last year in the NBA in the regular season in ways that I'm not even sure we saw him do in, in, in spades at, at Iowa. Like, it, he looked like a different player. He looked like when you would make a high end comparison for Keegan, like I did when he was coming into the draft, like if he's able to hit, he can be a Tobias Harris, like forward. That's exactly mm-hmm. what he looked like in that game. And again, it, it's summer league. I get it. We all will. We'll, we're, I'm not saying all of this because I just want to go off the deep end with, with crazy summer league reactions, but like, these are the things that we are observing and we're taking note of. And there's nothing he did in that game, Maxwell, that I point to and say, well, he definitively can't do that on an NBA floor at some point. I get that he was doing it against poorer defenders in the summer league, and you'll see during the NBA regular season, but there's nothing I saw specifically that I'd point to and say, yeah, he won't be able to do that in the NBA. And I think it's why he was one of those players we always thought had more upside than he was given credit for just because of his age, just because of the type of player he was at Iowa. But now he's starting to really show people, hey, I do have a little bit more in the tank than I got to show. Here's what I can do if you give me the proper runway for development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think your point about like him kind of putting it on the deck and stuff is like one of the first things that that leaped out to me. I took a note, like literally the first basket he scored, he like had to put it on the ground. He had to dribble. He had to cross over. He used like a little bit of a shoulder fake in the mid range to get himself some more space. And it's like, oh, like Keegan Murray is a guy that I think of as like he attacks or he shoots. Like it was very refreshing to kind of see like oh, there's a little bit of like countering in Keegan Murray's That's game. like that like, bucket you're talking about. That, that was like that was like a Chris Paul type bucket that you saw. Like that's yeah. something that he would do. Yeah, like it's just not something that I've ever associated with him because he's been generally like a pretty just straightforward guy. And then later on in the first quarter, he um, was driving to his left and then like did like a lunging side step back. Right? Yeah. I've seen Keegan Murray do like a basic step back before. Like it's not like out of the ordinary for him, but I, again, like it was like the sideways and backwards type creation instead of just doing something in a straight line. Keegan Murray is a very straight line forwards, backwards kind of player that like seeing that out of him is like, Oh, that's like a real shot maker move from Keegan Murray. Like that's some stuff that like, I I just hadn't really seen from him before. So 
just immediately out of the gate in the first quarter was doing stuff that you don't normally see from Keegan Murray in the regular season, to your point. I, I thought it was a very exciting and encouraging performance. Some quick call-outs that I will make before we we hit a quick break here. Kenneth Lofton Jr. for the Memphis Grizzlies. Shout out to him. Undrafted free agent in Love 2022. Mm-hmm. Another guy who was on a two-year deal, now on a guaranteed four-year deal. 21 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two steals against Philly the other night, and then 12 points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals against Oklahoma City. He's really showing he, – he's going to make it. He's going to be an NBA guy, and and kudos to him for, for proving I all the it. skeptics wrong, myself included. Boy, is he just a fun player. I get all the defensive concerns you can you can have with him, except he's been more active on that end than I think he's given credit for. And he, was, he wasn't a bad defensive player for the Memphis Hustle. I think a lot of people thought he was going to come in, maybe he's going to just be like a G League All-Star, and that's always going to pan out to be how useful of a quote-unquote NBA rotation player is he going to be. But I think you even tweeted this out. You quoted my tweet about Kenneth Lofty. You said, just absurd production just usually ends up translating in the NBA more often yeah. than not, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always have to look the way you expect it to. And that, and that's the case with Kenneth Lofton. I think that one thing, especially defensively that he has going for him is that I would say more so like during the combine process and like actually during college is that on defense, he moves forwards and backwards really well. Mm-hmm. Like if someone throws a lazy pass, he can dart into a passing like there's some real end to end speed for him. And like, obviously like the body's still like, he's got to make some tweaks there and get a little bit lighter and be able to move his feet a little bit better. But I, I think people just get so hung up on the body with him at times because he doesn't look like your standard NBA player that like, you can almost see yourself at a service and not realize how well he actually moves. Like he moves like a lot of NBA it's, players. And, it, and it's not just it how just he doesn't moves. Look like they do. It, yeah. It's how he handles the ball as well. Like he, oh, yeah. he was, he's Great a legitimate passer, point forward out floor. there at times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was his whole game at Louisiana Tech was like they played through him a lot, especially the year that Isaiah Crawford was like injured a lot. And yeah, like he can make really good decisions at the ball and he really knows how to like put finesse on it, look off a pass, deliver it at an interesting angle so the defense can't anticipate it. Like there's a lot to his game. Um, He's not just like a bully. Like there's there's real sophistication. There's real athleticism. And I can't wait for him to to make an NBA all-star team. No, okay, I'm getting a little carried away. But he, but I think he's going to be an NBA player for a long time. Uh, another key undrafted free agent call out from last year, Lester Quinones. So, boy, he has been on nowhere. fire with, yeah. with the Golden State Warriors. And he, he wasn't a bad shooter at Memphis, Maxwell. But at Memphis, he was either a, a I'm going to spot up and shoot this or I will attack the basket on a line drive. We didn't see the 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 left to right creativity from him we didn't see the killer shooting off the bounce like the types of shots that he's been hitting especially from three-point range early on in the summer league it screams oh my gosh like he's six mm-hmm. six he's athletic he can handle the ball much better now he's hitting shots off yeah. the dribble he's not just a spot-up guy regardless of some of the mixed results you can get from him defensively like somebody needs to throw him a two-way contract and give him another chance to to earn a guaranteed deal here in a hurry because he he has been on a, a monstrous offensive tear through these two games. 26 points on 10 of 16 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3 against Sacramento, and then 21 points on 8 of 16 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3 against Charlotte. So, man, I, I have absolutely loved watching his game. I know the, the 76ers have had some guys going off to Quavion Smith. Has looked decent 
in, in, in some of these first few games here. Not efficient, but he's looked decent. Shout out to DJ Stewart, another undrafted free agent in 2021, who's looked really good for the 76ers. Mm-hmm. I thought he should have stayed another year or two in school. He could have benefited from that versus coming mm-hmm. out in 2021, but he has a chance to, to earn another deal. And then the, the last major draft call out I'll make, and I know we, we didn't talk about guys like Chet Holmgren yet. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to him in the main segment, but boy, Keontae George for the Utah Jazz has come out absolutely ripping through the nets, 18 points on 7 of 16 shooting against the Thunder, and then 14 points on 5 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from three-point range, and 4 assists, four assists both nights, um, and then against the 76ers. So he's he's getting the ball put in his hands to be a playmaker, right? He's being their primary ball handler for this Jazz Summer League team. And more times than not, he's been thriving. He's been picking his spots really well. He's been finding guys on the move. He's been taking better quality shots. I'm not looking at his shot diet and saying I'd rip out about half of those if I was his coach. Like He is showing much better poise and confidence in his game than I would have expected him to show early on. So kudos to him in his first few summer league games. But that that's going to do it for our standout summer league recap over the last few days. We'll take a quick break when we come back. It is time for us to dive into our favorite summer league squads for Las Vegas. All right, and we are back. So, Maxwell, it is time. Favorite NBA summer league Las Vegas squad. So, how we're going to do this. We're going to do this quote-unquote low post style. I'm going to start with Maxwell. He's going to run through his list until we hit common ground on one of our five teams that we would have chosen, our top five teams. And then I will give a team, and we'll just keep going back and forth until we find more common ground and we have to keep going. So, Maxwell, Mm -hmm. first team that you're really excited for, Las Mm -hmm. Vegas Summer League. Hit me with it. Yes, you went low post. I'm going to go with somebody else in the, the Bill Simmons adjacent family. We're going to go with Joe House's Washington Wizards as my first uh, first summer league team to watch. Were you expecting the Washington Wizards to be on my list? I was not. You are correct. You definitely caught me off guard, nor is it common ground. They did not make my top five list. They were an honorable mm-hmm. mention for me, though. So okay. why are you excited to watch the Washington Wizards? There is, there is a lot going on here and we're going to get to find out a lot of different things about a lot of different interesting prospects so the first one obviously our guy Bilal Koulibaly what is he going to look like <laughs> in this context because yep. it's been a rapid ascent for him going from the Espoali completely dominating being able to do whatever he wants on a basketball court um, to then playing for the LNB pro team playing in the playoffs taking on more of a role um, which one are we going to see in summer league? Are we going to see the more reserved Bilal, the guy who's a little bit more content to pick a spot, or are we going to see kind of a reversion to that Aspa Bilal and just have him kind of implementing his will at every turn, making plays in transition, going wild in the passing lanes, meeting guys at the rim, or is he going to be a little bit more poised and composed? Cause I think either one could be really interesting to see. Um, but I kind of want to see that Aspa Kula Valley come out again. I want to see him just go nuts and, and cause havoc. I think we are going to see Espoir Coulibaly uh, to mix results. I don't think he's going to be awesome in some yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's going to have his moments and his flashes to where everyone goes, oh, I just saw him do this. Okay, this mm. makes sense. This is why he went technically with the seventh overall pick 
in the 2023 major. I was like, we can see the vision, but then there's going to be some plays he makes where eh, I, I I don't know if I'm fully buying the Kool-Aid on this guy quite yet. I'm, I'm going to want to see more. I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a decent bit. I would have thought more so had the Golden State Warriors trade not been completed yet, but now that has been completed. So we are going to see old friend of the program, Ryan Rollins, going to be making yes, his Boston yeah. Wizards Summer League debut. We're going to get some PBJ action, Patrick Baldwin in there. That's that's another thing. So I think Baldwin is going to be a really interesting guy to monitor throughout this year. And there's another guy that falls in this camp too that we might get to later. Uh, but Baldwin is sort of another one of these in the early run of like guys who did not have good college seasons that went pro anyway. And like we're still just in it's a newer thing. It's a newer yep. trend. And we are still kind of got to collect all the data that we can on like, do guys turn it around? How much weight can you put on high school film? Um, what, what's the deal with it? And, and he's mm-hmm. another guy that's going to be fascinating to monitor from that standpoint. Ryan Rollins, like you said, just another really fascinating player. And then Johnny Davis is another yes. one. We're like, this is a guy that, that I really liked. I, I believe you really liked. I feel like all of us at No Ceilings really like Johnny Davis. I, I had him, I, I think, sixth on my board. That I, year I had him then. real high, yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like I now believe. I'm like doing a cop-out thing. I don't know that I believe because I feel like knowing what I know now, I, I like to tell myself I wouldn't have bit as hard on Johnny Davis this time around. I had him six as well. So, um, yeah, that stings to like look at him and then like Ben Matherin, Shaden Sharp, Keegan Murray. Like, oh, makes me sick. But hey, we got to learn from our misses here. And that's what we I'm going to try and do. Uh, so, yeah, like what what's going on with him? Like, is he going to look noticeably better or is he just going to kind of look like the guy that we saw at the end of the G league season, right? Where it's like, he's better. He's figuring out how to put the ball in the basket. He's becoming a little bit more efficient. He's adapted to the speed of the game, the length of the defenders, and he's a little bit more comfortable getting off tougher shots in that environment. Or is it just a guy who's a tough shot maker in college and it's not really scaling up. If Johnny Davis has a, a good summer league, I think that's a good sign. I would really kind of panic if he's bad in summer league. And I know it's just summer league, but I feel like the more experience that you have, the more I'm like, Oh boy, you, you really got to show something. Um, and, and he's another one of those guys. So I think between those four, it's just all, all different storylines. And I can't wait to see which direction everything goes for each of them. I had those four names written down in terms of intriguing players on that summer league roster. I also had Tristan Vuksevich. We're going to get to see him. In some action, he certainly lit up the combine with with his shot making in the span of, what was it, like three to four minutes. He just hit every shot he looked at, and everyone's like, yep, okay, he's going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. You also have two other names I wrote down. Jules Bernard out of UCLA was yeah, an experienced guy who, listen, he, he was good in the G League. I still like him. I think he has a chance to make the NBA. And then someone who the Wizards actually brought over, toward, I believe it was towards the end of last season, a guy who I remember evaluating for the 2018 draft, Xavier Cooks mm-hmm. out of Winthrop. Boy, that's a throwback name. His last year in college at Winthrop in the Big South, he was 17 points, uh, 8.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Was this really interesting, like point forward type of prospect? He's not the quickest guy. He's not the fleetest of foot. I think the athleticism to an extent holds him back, but he's got great size. I believe he's like 6'8, is, is what he's listed at, if I'm correct. And really interesting do it all forward type of player who's been over in the NBL wizards brought him over. He's got a chance to be a part of that team for the long term, or a part of an NBA team in general. Now that he's got a few more years of professional experience under his belt, one of these international guys who's going to come back over 
and potentially make some noise in the NBA on, on a rotation spot. So we'll, we'll see how the future pans out for the Washington Wizards squad. So Maxwell, we did not hit on common ground. So what's your second team that you're excited to watch in Vegas? Ooh, all right. Let's go to, uh, to team number two here. Let me pull my list up. So I, ah, we, we were just talking about them. So we'll go in a different direction. Let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Okay, I, ha- I had them written down, so we've common ground. All right, so why do you want to watch the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, well, Scoot Henderson is playing for them. That's a guy <laughs> I want to see. Uh, but yeah, I, I really want to see um, what he's looking like. And now that we've seen Brandon Miller a little bit too, I'm really intrigued to see how Scoot responds because I'm, I'm interested to see if uh, if people that were in the Miller camp will panic right away if Scoot comes out hot. Um, but I just love watching the guy play basketball too, period, point blank. He's one of the most exciting players in the league. There are a few guys on planet Earth that just like move the way he does, the acceleration, the deceleration, some of the stuff that he can do as a passer, the creativity. Uh, and I want to see where the jump shot's at. Obviously, it's yep. going to be a small sample, like no matter what. Sure. So it's going to be hard to make too much of it, but I want to see if he's more assertive with it. I think that could be an interesting tell. Uh, and Chris Murray was like a, a really exciting college prospect. It seems like Shane Sharp is going to play, which if he does is is very exciting. I think he's probably going to play like two games just to try and like establish more chemistry with Scoot mm-hmm. probably. And then, you know, he'll get yanked or may, maybe it's only yeah. one game, depending on if he just comes out and you scores like 30 plus, maybe it's just one game. But I, I think he's going to play. Yeah, for sure. Jabari Walker is a guy in that same yes. camp, too, where like I don't know how much we're going to see him because he was really good in summer league a year ago. Uh, so he might he might be a guy that kind of blows the doors off people and people are like, oh, yeah, he's he's good. I forgot about him. Oh, yeah, he probably should have um, went higher than in, in the 50s. Yeah. Draft, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Butler, we're going to get to see him again. He's oh, back boy. on a two-way with the Blazers. So year two of John Butler, what's the body looking like? How is he holding up to the physicality of things? Ibu Badji coming back from overseas. They, they love to kind of sneak in a lot of international names that, that you may not have seen. Justin Manaya was like an interesting G League guy last year. Yep. I think got, got a game or two on their, on their big roster Double at one coffee, point. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is just like a real solid, interesting team. Obviously, I want to see Scoot. I want to see what Shaden Sharp's looking like. I want to see their chemistry. I want to see where they're at. That's that's the big story. But further down the roster, there's some real intrigue. Too. We, we were also robbed of Shaden Sharp last year in summer league. That's he right. Hurt. Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. it was what a few a few minutes into his first game. Mm-hmm. I want to say like he didn't even play a full game. And that's been a giddy league. the year before. Like every year, there's one guy where it's like we got five right. five minutes of them, and that's it. Right. And then to an extent, I know we got a full game of Jay Nivey, but then like in Jay Nivey's second game, he also went down. So like we were robbed of a few mm-hmm. good summer league performances last year. You mentioned Chris Murray. Ryan Repair is also on this squad. Yep. Right. Keon Johnson is listed on the roster. We may get some Keon that's, Johnson. That's action. a make or break guy, too. That's like yeah. one of those guys where it's like if he comes out looking rough, scary, scary hours for Keon Johnson. I wrote down Jonathan Williams, who was doing some real damage in the G League. Portland brought him in. Yep, we got some Antoine Davis action for this Portland Trailblazers summer league team. Michael DeVoe was a a fun prospect coming out of Georgia Tech at one time. And then really interesting name that I wrote down here. I did not expect him to be in the draft at all. Malachi Smith, who was the, the Gonzaga transfer. Now he's... He's he made the jump into the NBA, obviously went undrafted, but he's on the Trailblazer Summer League team. Is there a chance he shows enough to possibly earn some sort of two-way deal or maybe another exhibit 10 before the year starts? You know, get a glimpse out. Like, I, I don't know what's gonna happen with Malachi Smith, but he's mm. an interesting big he's interesting. Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah. 
Where he's it, like it, big, thick, and knows what he's doing. Right. And it's like, well, like, and he, the volume has been low, but he shot like some obscene percentage from three over the last two years. Like when I did the undrafted roundup, he's at like 44% from three over the last two years, but he takes like two a game. But it's like, if that's a real thing and he has the feel that he does and he's big and powerful, like, there might be a place for him potentially. Sure. Absolutely. So that's the Portland Trailblazers summer league roster. Again, they were on my list. I'm also very excited to watch the, the Scoot and Shane connection for my team that I will go to. I'm going to pull a little bit of the, the NBA reporter type shtick and, and throw this team out there. The Denver Nuggets. I want to see this I, Denver I Nuggets. I knew you were going to bring up the Nuggets. That was like a backup team that I had in case something went wrong. So okay, so you also had them as an honorable mention because I did. So I, I think part of it is you want to talk about your guy who they just gave a guaranteed deal to, yes, they did. Like a multi-year deal to. So it's like it seems like they are really sold. So do your do your do your best to uh, to walk us through the Nuggets here. K- kudos to Jalen Pickett who just got his guaranteed four-year deal. Congratulations to him. He's certainly earned it. He's one of the more intriguing prospects that the Nuggets are going to have on this roster, someone who has a chance to really earn some minutes for this team this year. And I think that that's the biggest thing with the summer league team, right? So it's, we knew what the Nuggets did. They maneuvered into this draft and around this draft class because they wanted to find guys on, on cheap rookie deals that they can bring in who can possibly contribute next season, right? Because they didn't have the money to bring back Bruce Brown with what he ultimately got with the Pacers, like two years, $45 million. (laughs) I don't know what your thoughts were when you heard that deal, Maxwell. I thought that he was going to get like 18 to $20 million. And I know it's only like two years, but still like two forty-five. Holy I I thought it would be with a team two where he could play like a closer role to what he He did in Denver laid we're with Indiana it kind of and maybe I'm just like leaning too hard into what Indiana did last year versus this year where they'll they'll have more size but it's like they'll have Obi they'll have Jairus but like it almost feels like are you guys gonna try and like play him at the four like part of me is like are what wait what hold on like how are you using this guy so I'm intrigued I like I think it's gonna be interesting but I didn't expect that type of pay from a team that is probably gonna use him differently than how he was before so, so Jalen Pickett is a guy who's going to come in, backup guard spot. He has a, a great chance to, to win some minutes for the, the defending champions next season at that spot. You have Julian Strother coming in on the wing out of Gonzaga. We, we loved what the Nuggets did, how they utilized Christian Brown and how he actually got legitimate minutes in finals games and, and was contributing and successful. You can see Julian Strother using a lot of the same ways because guess what? His best play types at Gonzaga were spot up shooting, transition finishes, cuts to the basket. And he's going to be able to take advantage of all of those playing off of guys like Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. So he has a chance to earn some minutes. Hunter Tyson was brought in out of Clemson specifically for his spot up shooting as this bigger six foot eight, six foot nine wing. Peyton Watson, we get to see year two of the Peyton Watson experience. How, how's he going to look? Because last year, towards the end of the regular season, he looked like he was going to pop off as a player. Another one of these big wings can handle the ball in transition. We know what he brings from a finishing and a defensive perspective. Ishmael Kamagate is going to get some runs as, as a year two big man. And then mm-hmm. they're bringing in guys like Armand Franklin. And I know I just talked up Jalen Pickett, but they also have Colin Gillespie on the summer league roster. And I think they have Gillespie on there for a reason to maybe push a guy like Pickett, hey, we just gave you this deal, but that doesn't mean you're going to walk into minutes at the backup guard spot or as a third guard for this team right away. Gillespie, 
I know that he, in my opinion, I think Pickett's the better player, but I think Gillespie having some NBA experience now under his belt, he does a lot of the same things that you would probably expect Pickett to do at least early on. Why can't Gillespie like push him maybe mm-hmm. for that third guard job? So I, I just think there's so many fascinating things on this team that push back to who's actually going to play minutes for the defending champion Denver Nuggets. And that that's my storyline. Do you think they could run like a two a two guard post up lineup with Gillespie and Pickett out there at the same time? <laughs> Throw them both on the God, board, block nineteen eighty so. style. Um, God, I hope so. Yeah, Let's do it. I, I I I love what they did with that Julian Strother selection. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a name for the wrestling sickos. I was texting AEW's Will Washington okay. uh, about about the Denver Nuggets because he's a big Nuggets guy. And like the week before the draft, they made that trade. Uh, where they were picking in the second round. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hate this. You guys are going to get somebody like Julian Strother with this pick. And they ended up trading and getting Julian Strother. And as soon as they made the pick, I was like, you bastards. Like, you yep. just, the rich keep getting richer with that pick. The picket thing is fascinating to me because he is so good. And it's just going to be such, I imagine it's going to be a role diversion. I, I imagine he's not going to be playing the same way he did at Penn State, but there is no way of knowing that. Uh, so that's like just kind of a I, weird oh he thing. will I in was, summer league he absolutely yeah in, will in, in summer, summer league, league he's gonna be able to like <laughs> manipulate and do whatever he wants right. and just like outsmart everybody on the court constantly um but Hunter Tyson like another guy who can just like really shoot and is really tough like I'm a little bit lower on his field but you look at how much better he was moving during like Portsmouth and elite camp elite then camp, he yep. was at Clemson and it's like this guy's he's putting some stuff together after all he has to do is like maybe drop five ten pounds and all of a sudden like that's the magic oh, yeah, trick for a guy like now. him like yeah. yeah um but yeah again Peyton Watson same thing I, I I thought you were gonna pick the nuggets and I sort of alluded to this with with PBJ but it's another case of like a guy that just has a down college season and Watson's was a little weird because like his situation was the opposite of PBJ right like the Baldwin was a, a the best player on a very bad team Watson was on a good team with a lot of experience and just didn't play. Um, at so, some point though, like you got to take chances on these guys at the end of the first round, like the talent, if the talent works out, like you can, I think, it, dep- I think it depends 10, on what the skill set is and what the talent is. Yeah. Sure. sure. But like with Peyton Watson, his athletic tools, his size, his motor defensive ability, the shot blocking, Feel. like mm-hmm. all of that was on tape at UCLA. We just questioned how much of an offensive impact is he actually going to have coming into the NBA in year one? And it was clear for the majority of the season, he wasn't ready. And even when you look at some of the games where he did have some meaningful minutes at the end of the regular season, he wasn't doing anything absolutely crazy with the ball in his hands. He was scoring off very easy setup play types, but he found a way to contribute nonetheless. And that's what you wanted to see in limited early minutes for him in year one. And now you take a look at someone who got some run in the G League, someone who's going to get opportunities to handle the ball a little bit more on this summer league team. You would expect he's going to have opportunities to start showing, hey, maybe I can put the ball in the basket a little more than just I'm just going to finish this dunk or this lob in transition. So that that is what I want to see from someone like a Peyton Watts because all the other talent, the, the natural God-given talent, if everything comes together for him, Maxwell – he can be a guy who we talk about one day and is like, yeah, he could go like top 10, top 15 in a redraft. Like we, we, we just don't know. Too. It's too early. Yeah. So, all right. You, you, yeah, you, you were correct. You knew I was going to bring up the Denver Nuggets. So I will bring mm-hmm. up a team. I bet this is a cross just so we okay. can get back to some of your teams, but the Houston Rockets, I have. Yep, that's on one of mine. Yep. Problem. So mm-hmm. 
Very easy sell for the Houston Rockets. They drafted a Men Thompson with the fourth overall pick. They got one of the best value selections in the 23 draft in Cam Whitmore, falling all the way down to 24. Apparently, le- legitimate reasons from a medical perspective. We still don't know the 100% true story on that, so we can't necessarily speculate or give other info on this podcast. But nonetheless, he fell to the 20th overall spot. You have Jabari Smith coming back for year two. He was the third overall pick just a year ago. You have Tari Eason coming in for another year. He was the 17th pick just a year ago. Darius Days, Matthew Meyer are both on this roster for some really fun like combo forward type scoring. A name that I'll throw out just for shits and giggles for Houston Rockets fans because they're going to love this guy. Played at Houston in college. Nate Hinton is on I love Nate Hinton. Yes, yeah. First year I ever made a board and I had Nate Hinton like 40. And like I did not do nearly the amount of work I do now. I probably wouldn't put a guy like in the 40s who's like 6'4 and can't really shoot and whatever. Dude, he just works so hard. He, he plays is a so dog. Hard. Yeah, I love Nate Hinton. So you're going to have like him and Tari Eason and Amen Thompson's going to be locked in to defend. This team could be absolutely nasty defensively mm-hmm. in Las Vegas if everything well, even, comes together. Even Jay Huff. It's that big spot. Even Jay like, Huff. He's a guy who can protect the rim in a drop. Like his He was some, with uh, the Go-Go's last year, right? Capital yeah. City Go-Go? Yeah. Yeah, and he's been solid there, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yes. He's one of those guys where I feel like every year I'm like, this might be the year that Jay Huff catches on. And for whatever reason, like it just hasn't really stuck for him yet. But like he has a skill set that a lot of teams want. It just, the 3 and D big man thing is just, it's hard to find. But I, I think he could maybe be one of those guys. Sure. So, all right. So I hit on the Houston Rockets and the Denver Nuggets are crossed off my list. Portland Trailblazers are crossed off my list. So I believe I'm at three teams crossed off. You're only at two. So go ahead with your next team, Maxwell. So let's go with the Indiana Pacers. Okay. I did have them. Yep. Had had to have been on the list. No brain. Yeah. So again, this is a nice little mix of like different things, right? Like we're going to get to see Jairus Walker, who's a top 10 pick. We're going to see what he looks like. We're going to see if Ben Shepard can continue the momentum that he built up at the combine, continue to just outsmart people, really play assertively with the ball and like know that he's the man a little bit. Like I thought he, I thought he played with more confidence at the combine than he ever showed at Belmont. Like I thought he had more like swagger and just like, I'm the man out here than he ever did at Belmont. Uh, I want to see that kind of continue. Mojave King's an interesting guy here. Because he has like so much pro experience that like I think there's a chance he might really kind of turn some heads and, and look a little bit better than people expect. I don't think we're gonna see a ton of Ben Matherin or Andrew Nemhard. I would I but would agree. I do think we're gonna see a lot of Kendall Brown. And Kendall we Brown We better was, see a lot of Kendall Brown. <laughs> yeah, Kendall Brown was was a guy that, you know, early in the year, last last draft cycle, I was like, Oh my god, this guy's gonna be a top ten pick. He rocks and like year went on and it's like all right well he doesn't really shoot it and if he's gonna be a guy who doesn't shoot it the motor is like way behind where it needs to be and he's on the skinny side and oh wait why is he getting like less good at defense as the year progresses like i i was so unenthused with his second half of the season at baylor that it was just like the polar opposite of what had happened with jeremy suhan um he's got a year in the g under his belt and and now we're gonna kind of see what he looks like um, and Isaiah Jackson is another one of those guys where it's like, we're, he's young. I can't but, believe he's on the roster though. I can't I, believe. Here's the thing. He, he like sneaky did not do a ton last year. 
like he he played he played 16 minutes a game and you know block shots protect the rim but like it seemed like he was going to be a guy who like oh maybe he's going to shoot it and then like he took even less shots than he did the year before like there wasn't quite the year one to year two progression with him that i was hoping for who's who's more productive during the summer league and in the games that they're both playing isaiah jackson or oscar sheboy who's more productive I think it's still going to be Isaiah Jackson. I know Sheboy okay. is just like a okay. guy who will have like the worst game you've ever seen in your life and still have like 20 and 15. 20 and 15. <laughs> but like, but and like you look at the statue and you're like, man, I thought this guy was getting killed, but he's got 20 and 15. Um, yeah, I, I still think Isaiah Jackson is going to outdo him. But like Isaiah Jackson is a guy where it's like, I want to see you step on people's throats. Yeah. Like I want to see you out here just absolutely dominating and being like, I can't believe you made this guy who's been playing 15 minutes a game for us go to summer league in year three. I want to see that from him. Uh, and then like our, the deep cut, like guy that I've always kind of still believed in that's oh. on this roster is Robert Woodard. Okay. Um, just one That of wasn't guys. the deep cut. I thought you were going to say, but keep going. Well, he's just a guy who's like as big as a house and can, can defend a little bit. And it's just the, the shots never been there. And maybe, maybe now it will be, I I'm not optimistic, but he, he's one of those guys where it's like he's so close to being interesting. He just hasn't sure. got over the hump. Who's who is the deep cut guy that you were going to bring up? Darius McGee is on the summer league. Yeah, roster. yeah, yeah. Man, listen, I know he's not going to make an NBA team. He's too small. Are you sure? I'm I'm ninety percent positive. Okay, ninety percent. Okay, he he's like he he's might be as tall small. as me. I'm like five seven and a half. Marquee, he might be Marquee as tall Newell as me. got a two way like. I would rather have Darius McGee so, than Marquise Noel. Really? That mm-hmm. that fascinates me. I, I understand yeah. Darius. I think McGee I think I think McGee's a better line. scorer. And like I I buy his like range and shooting consistency a little bit more. But one, he's one of the things the that I think has become true for these smaller guards, if they're even gonna get a cup of coffee in the league, you gotta be a playmaker. Like even like yeah. Even Chris Chioza, when he got minutes with like the Nets or, or whatever True. team, like he was a legitimate passer off the bounce. Yeah, Marquise Noel, he man, he he is the straw that stirs the drink for like a backup unit. So I I know that Darius McGee can shoot her from the parking lot, but I I understand why he is getting a two way. Darius McGee can earn one. I won't say it's impossible. I'm betting against it. Don't get me wrong, I, but it's not impossible. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll leave that on the table but yes i am excited to see the liberty guard come out and and, and let, let's see what he's got let's see what he's got in a fun summer league setting up and down mm-hmm. play he's gonna get chances to shoot it from the damn parking lot in summer league i'll guarantee you that so we'll we'll see if he makes enough of them to entice a team all right so that's another team crossed off my list so maxwell has three teams crossed off i have four we're gonna take one more quick break when we come back i will give my last team that i would sure hope is crossing one off of maxwell's list All right, and we are back. So, Maxwell, it is time for me to give the last team on my top five list. I would hope this is a cross-off. The podcast algorithm probably hates us right now because we have not mentioned Victor Wembanyama's name. Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, 55 minutes into the podcast. But nevertheless, the San Antonio Spurs have to be on this list for Victor and Victor alone. And we already ran through a lot of the other interesting guys on the roster, so we don't have to go too far into the other guys, but we do have to talk about the two recent draftees, which would be Victor Wemanyama. And we also get Sidney Sissoko on this team as well, who 
He hasn't done, done, done a ton offensively in these first few games out in the California Classic, but he has looked really good defensively. He he locked up Brandon Miller the, when he was yeah. getting like actual time to guard him. Like I know Brandon Miller still finished with 18 points in that game, and he still shot fairly efficient from the floor. But when City was locked in defending him on the perimeter, Brandon Miller could not get around him, and that was really that was really fun to see. We didn't we didn't get any Brandon Miller takes from you in the in the earlier segment. Mm-hmm. What did you think about City and, and Brandon how that game played out? Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough for for Brandon Miller at times. Like the the struggles to separate are going to be a real issue, and like sure. it's it's the same things that we kind of knocked him for uh, as we talked about him in you know our final mock dress and things like that, where he's got a lower release in the mid range. He doesn't play that well once he's bumped, and that affects him at the basket, but it really affects him in the mid range too. And like yep. he's just not that great at like gathering and going up with power to get off clean looks, and like. With a guy like City, City, I, I people were killing Brandon Miller on Twitter during, at that point, and to me, it's like I, I think we got to give some love to City for what he's doing out there because yeah. he was he was putting clamps on him, and like he's just tough to shake because he has that foot speed, but he's got such a big frame and he's really strong and he knows how to defend. And he gets he does get way too handsy at times. I'm really interested to see like what his foul rate will look like in the next year in terms of like that. That frustrates me because he does flip his hips really well. Like he can play different angles defensively and he does get a little handsy like, like you're mentioning. And that, that kills me sometimes when watching him. It's like, dude, you don't have to reach there. You don't have to get too aggressive trying to go for the steal there. Just wall the guy off and keep him in front because you're strong enough. You're big enough. You can do that. You have the foot speed. You have the, the, the hip, the hip flexibility. Just, just keep the guy in front. Just, just keep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so that's like something I want to see more of, uh, from him it's just like locking locking dudes up keep keep taking pride in your defense and and use your body the way that you should and not the way that gets you in foul trouble and 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 he i think city gets a little bit emotional and like i i have nothing against that like because i think i think he uses it as a force for good at times too He, he can really rally guys behind it but he can get it in his own head a little bit and get a little bit frustrated so uh just want to see him kind of stay poised but yeah i thought city looked great in that brandon miller game miller yeah, he he just kind of to quote Jenny Green like he is who he, who I thought he was. Like he's he's yeah. going to be a really good player. He can really pass. He finds ways to make an impact. Like even when he's not scoring, like the game read and score, he still had a bunch of assists, bunch of rebounds, making plays on defense. Like he's not going to be bad because like the bad Brandon Miller games, he still finds ways to to impact winning. Um, even if they didn't win, I don't know how much of that is his fault given the guard the guard play uh, in, in Charlotte in those games, but. Uh, yeah, I, I really buy Brandon Miller still, I, but the struggles are, are things that I think we saw coming. All right, so the big dog, Victor Wamanyama. Maxwell, set the stage, realistic expectations for Victor Wamanyama during Summer League, and or how do you how do you think he's going to actually generate his production? How do you think they're going to use him? Like, do we, Because what's fascinating yeah. is that he's had some time now to meet with guys like Tim Duncan and David Robinson. And we've seen flashes of some of the post games start to come together over for Met 92, but that is something that clearly is going to need some work. It's going to require him putting in the hours to develop further develop his body physically. But I'm curious if they do try and go to him in the post, if he's almost exclusively like a stretch forward, if he's going to have the same level of runway to just handle and try and take guys off the bounce and shoot these crazy jumpers. Like I'm very curious how they're going to utilize him offensively in summer league. Cause I think it's going to be telling as to 
what we're going to see him do early on in the NBA. So like, how do you think some of it's going to come together for him in Vegas? I think it's going to be sort of like what we saw with Metropolitans. And maybe yeah. that's me just like being unimaginative, but I do think we're going to see the occasional play where he rebounds and takes the ball up the floor. And I think we're going to see a lot of just like dump it to him in the mid post, let him attack from the flank on the perimeter. Like, I think they're just going to let him cook. Like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't like, yeah, maybe we see them kind of just go to him in the post and things like that. But I, I really think it's going to be more the same. And as far as realistic expectations, like I don't think like 28 and three blocks is unrealistic. Like we just watched this guy MVP and defensive player of the year in the French league. Like if I, I if I watch Dominic Barlow drop 24 and yeah. 10 in a game, I think Victor Wombanyama can, can do what you just outlined. For sure. And I, I want to be careful to Kai phrase it, but like, I do think it would be kind of disappointing if he's like not scoring 20 points a game. And like, I don't mean that in terms of like, it's going to be a disappointment and he's going to be a bust. Like, I just mean that in terms of like, I, I kind of think he should dominate. He, the, the thing about Victor, it's it's the same way with Chet, right? Like we can see Chet not have the most proficient game shooting outside of like 10 to 15 feet in a summer league setting, but he can still pile up like 15, 17, whatever points, just doing the little things, just grabbing offensive rebounds, getting easy finishes and transition, you know, getting the dump off passes and and, and, and the easy easy looks inside. Like there, there's just so many ways for Victor to score because he's seven foot five. He could just quite literally reach over somebody else and put the ball in the basket. Like the, those, that's why I, I don't underestimate how effective he can be scoring the basketball in a summer league setting, because he's going to have plenty of times where he's taking guys off the bounce and he's, he's trying to extend his range and shoot from beyond the line. And he's getting some, some pull-up jumpers, or as you're talking about, like playing out of the short roll jab step into a, into a quick mid range shot around the free throw line. He'll, he'll get those same opportunities, but he's also going to get a lot of the easy stuff. And, and I agree. I think the, the points should just pile up for him. I think he's going to rebound and we're going to see some, ridiculous shot blocks i bet we see we probably see a mix of him just getting his fingertips on an, on a crazy three-pointer that he's able to get out and, and close out on as well as we'll probably see a few shots swatted into the stands i would imagine that we do at, at some point someone's going to try to challenge him and, and they're going to lose that battle there there are going to be some battles that are won against him in vegas but there will also be quite a few battles that are lost trying to go up and over him so i i am excited to see how he performs in Vegas. But we talked about a lot of the other guys, some other names we didn't mention. Charles Bediaco is on this team. He's gotten some early run out in the California Classic. Serge Barry Rice signed a two-way contract. He's going to mm -hmm. be playing for the San Antonio Spurs. If you thought I wasn't going to mention Seth Milner, boy, Maxwell, you were wrong. I do. Listen. You were all about Cedric Milner. <laughs> this is your guy. He scored. He's found ways to put points up in the summer league. It's I, I get he's probably not like a legitimate guy, but he's got an opportunity and he's at least made something from it. So I, I had yeah. to give him a shout out on the, the draft deeper podcast as a deep cut. So that that's my list. So I had Denver, Houston, Indiana, Portland and San Antonio. Maxwell, you have two more teams left. So who are the last two teams on your list? All right. I feel like we've we've got to do the Pistons, right? We have. Yeah, we have to talk. This they is, were my first honorable mention. So, yeah. yeah. So uh Asar Thompson top five pick in the draft very exciting player want to see what the shots looking like with him all the what's the shot look like talk has been with the men Asar was the better shooter out of the two but there's still real questions about his shot what it's going to look like and uh it's going to wildly swing what his career trajectory is one way or another I want to see how he looks finishing among the trees in the paint um and I, I just want to see like what do these guys look like against this level of competition again? Cause we haven't really seen it since like 
September, October, whenever they did yep. that overseas tour, like, and we had a real brief glimpse of it. Um, so I'm just excited to see him against that level of competition again. I want to see what Jalen Duran uh, looks like another guy where it's like, we might not see a ton of him. Marcus Sasser could be out there yes. ruining people's lives. Like, I feel like he's going to make one point guard just have like the worst game they've ever had. Absolutely. 100%. Like that. He's going to do that. Um, Ivy, another guy that I don't, I don't think we're going to see a ton of how much over under one James Wiseman game. Like I one and kind of feel like he's going to play two games. I I, think I, so? I don't know why I think he's going to play two games. Well, I do know why I think he's going to play. I just, he's, he's a guy I, I think the Pistons want to legitimately see more of, and that's why he's on the summer okay. league roster. Like they, they made a swing to bring him in, in, in that trade with the Warriors. Is he a guy who actually sticks around? Is he going to play a big role with his organization? Is he able to actually outperform and or outproduce Jalen Duran during the summer league run because I like Jalen Duran more long term at this point. And I, I was a Wiseman guy in that draft. I had Wiseman number two overall on my board. That clearly was not correct, and that clearly is not going to work out as such. But is he is he the guy that's going to fall short of Jalen Duran long term, or can he actually show, hey, I actually do have more in, in my bag in terms of being able to shoot the basketball? I can do a little bit more off the bounce more akin to my high school tape than I've been able to show in college in those few games in Memphis. And then in the NBA, I can be a little bit more productive or is it going to be Jalen Duran's show for good reason? He is the main guy for them long-term. I think it's a more legitimate battle in that front office. than I think guys like you and I, or anyone else in the media would care to admit. So I am actually interested to see how that dynamic works out. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be really fascinating just to see like which direction that goes. Um, and then uh, we've got a few others that are just like real interesting. Malcolm Castle on a guy, yep. I believe that they put on a two way signed a two way. Yep. Yep. You've got Tosan, uh, who had a great, great run in the NCAA tournament for Princeton. Um, I believe he's on an exhibit 10. Gabriel Prachita tweeted that he's in Vegas. Are we getting, are we getting Prachita action out here? Um, I, damn it. I super, hope so. Super dude. Fun group. I, I, I hope, hope so, so too, because if, if he does, if we get lineups where it's like Sasser, Asar, Prachita, Tosan, Durin, it's just like, that is just all fun, all nasty. So uh, yeah, really, really excited to see this, this Pistons team. And then Isaiah Livers and Jaron Roden are also on this yeah. team too. Yep. Bigger wings yeah, slash forwards like, who we, mm-hmm. we, we do want to see more of in a summer league setting as well. You know, given the fact, especially with Livers, like he just had so much playing time cut short you know, over the last few years, even dating back to his last year in Michigan because of some injuries. We want to see him have a, a, a good chance at a full season in the NBA, see what, how he can possibly impact and crack this rotation for the Pistons. All right, last team on your list out of your top five you want to see in Vegas. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a different one at you here that you might not expect. Oh boy. I'm going I'm to throw the Brooklyn Nets. I did not have them anywhere on my list or my honorable mention. So why do you want to watch the Brooklyn Nets? So do we know if Tariq's playing? I'm assuming we do not, not know as of yet. We do not know okay. as of yet. I would also lean probably not, but I can see why mm-hmm. on the off chance if he plays, you're you want to see what, what that I, looks like. I yeah, I would really want to see what he looks like. Um Noah Clowney, I think is one of the more interesting, like what does it look like when he's more of a focal point on a team kind of cases? Because this is a guy that like the production was good. Like he he was a good player conducive to winning all year for Alabama. 
Um, but he was like a third, third, fourth banana a lot of the time. And we don't really know how much juice he has, but teams loved him. Like ESPN is so plugged in with the Intel on, on their draft front. And like, they never moved him past like 21, 22. Like they had him very high throughout the, yeah. the entire process. Just think like they know what's going on and teams love the kid. And yep. whether that's like, he's already made leaps that just didn't show up on the tape at Alabama. Cause that wasn't his role. Or if there were things that he's, he's shown in the meantime, there could be more to him. And then I think some of the guys just on the edges of this roster are fascinating. A guy like Adonis arms. Oh, um, I knew I soon, as soon as I saw I'm a he big was Adonis on that arms roster, guy, like, yep. soft spot for him, but a guy who's just like very multidimensional could potentially fill a guard need for him. Just needs that shot to start going. And that, but even then like a, a Jordan hall, who was one of those, yep. like this could really go one way or the other. He's this big playmaker, got better as a shooter but you know the toughness the defense that's got to come along the athleticism and then a guy like kennedy chandler yes who was the guy that a lot of people had as a first round pick gets as a, there was there were people one. i know very smart people who hold jobs in the nba who had like a lottery or top 20 grade on him and he was cut yep. from the grizzlies yeah i agree he's fascinating to be able to see what he can do in summer league yeah so i i just think that there's a lot going on on the margins that is like very entertaining if we get to see Dariq, fantastic um i don't know that we will it doesn't look like he was on their official roster that they put out but even then like i, I just think the margins are going to be really competitive here david duke was another guy yes. where it seemed like he was going to be a guy for a while and like now maybe not who knows hey, I, th- I think he, i think he's on the path of being a guy i think david I do he, too. Yeah, he lit good. it up for the long island nets and i think when he got chances later in the season for brooklyn he had some moments where like yeah i think we he's actually going to pan out as someone who is probably making the brooklyn nets roster and i know you're just going to talk about raekwon grace already cut you off no you're good yeah like in raekwon gray is just like another guy where very interesting player like big body can really pass can really get into the paint like the, it's just a mishmash of like interesting guys high ceiling guys and guys that are like in very precarious positions in their career that like could really make a name for themselves and really reassert themselves in the nba landscape if they have a big summer league only name i believe you would have missed would have been jalen wilson who is the that's right yep 50 number 51 yep. out of kansas is on this roster as well so i I agree. In terms of fascinating to see how that collection of talent comes together and meshes, I agree with you. They will be a fun watch in Vegas. So we talked about the Lakers. We didn't talk about the Grizzlies, but obviously they're they're a fun team to watch. We talked about Kenneth Lofton, but we didn't mention you know the, the, just the combination. Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Vince Williams Jr. is is always a fun watch. Gigi Jackson has actually looked surprisingly decent. In, in, in some of these early games here out, out in the Utah league, they have Jacob Gilliard, who is once again being a steals artist as he always has been going back to his days at Richmond. They have some fun deep cut names like Aminu Muhammad on there, Timmy Allen, Joel Yai's on that roster. So mm-hmm. I will love watching the Memphis Grizzlies out there. The Orlando Magic have one of the more fun trios of prospects we can look at. Anthony Black, Jet Howard, then you have the returning Caleb Houston. How's he going to look like as a sophomore? We touched on the 76ers, touched on the Utah Jazz with Keontae George, but I don't know if Taylor Hendricks and Bryce Sensabar are playing or not, but even past them, Ochai Abaji we've seen, Luka Samanich has looked good, Joey Hauser, Johnny Juzang, your guy Tavion Kinsey's gonna chance gonna get a chance on the Utah Jazz Summer mm-hmm. League roster. And we touched on the Wizards. So yeah, that those are our teams that we are excited to watch in Vegas. 
Maxwell, just to close out the podcast, if there's one thing you want to see in Vegas during summer, like just one thing, like I, I'm going to watch all these games. I'm going to spend enough time watching this. Damn it. I want to see this one thing. What's one thing you want to see? I feel like this is going to be a controversial one. I want to see Imani Bates go off for like 40 points. Oh, like yes. I want to see, I want to see, I want to have that feeling that I had when Imani Bates was going off versus Michigan. And it's like, are we getting the guy that we thought we were going to get? Like, and then he, he, you know, had a lot of, a lot of high scoring games throughout the season, but like, it just didn't translate into winning. And that team was really rough and whatever. Like, I think it could be really fun to just have like one lights out Amani Bates is, is reminding everybody who he was performance. If I could see Bilal drop 20 points once in one of these games, I would be completely satisfied. I'd I'd walk away a very happy man watching NBA summer league action. That is my one thing I want to see Bilal Koulibaly with at least one 20 point game for the wizard squad, but that's going to do it for the draft deeper crew here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the no Cylons NBA podcast feed. If you have not subscribed to the no Cylons NBA podcast feed, I know we're in the off season here. We're not immediately ramping up towards the 2024 NBA draft cycle on the podcast front quite yet. I promise you that content is going to come because Maxwell over here is already working on no stone unturned during the 2023, 24 off season. He has a ton of names already prepped, ready to go to write about across the no ceilings, NBA.com Substack front. So make sure you're not only subscribed to the Substack to read all of his words. I'm sure we're also going to be discussing some of those guys, if not all of them on draft deeper on the no ceilings, NBA podcast feed as well. So make sure you're subscribed on both fronts for written content, no ceilings, NBA.com. And wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe and locked into No Ceilings NBA on that front. You can follow me on Twitter at Draft Deeper, and you can follow Maxwell on Twitter at Boundboards for all of our fun summer league reaction social media content. But until we meet again on this podcast feed, thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week.